It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. You're listening to BGN Radio. Wentz and the shotgun. Wentz with a commanding presence is back. Here comes the rush. He steps up. He fires on the run. Complete to Ertz across midfield. Look at that kid. Ertz got out of came across the field and there was great movement by Wentz and he threw a dart. He threw a dart. It is episode number 230, and we thank you so very much for wherever you are listening out there. Whether it's on uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and now on the TuneIn app. Uh, we thank you so much for rating, subscribing, and reviewing, uh, as always. And, of course, uh, for our Patreon subscribers, and I don't know if everybody knows this or not, but we finally did our first Eagle After Dark podcast, which is just a $5 subscription. You get the bonus content, the behind-the-scenes and uh, and an extra podcast out of it. So it's a little bit different than what we're doing here. It's just we kind of just let it loose, and we talked about uh, lots of different things. So last night we even got into some aliens talk, some conspiracy theories. We made fun of Shaq. We uh, we went through a whole whole list of, of different things, and you can uh, just simply do that by uh, subscribing over at patreon.com slash BGN Radio, and it's very just as simple as that. Joining me in studio uh, tonight uh, from the WIP studios, that is, is Mr. Teron Davenport. Teron, what's happening tonight, my friend? How are you? Oh, what's going on, man? Another day, another another dollar. That's <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, exactly right. Is we'll uh, we'll get heavy into uh, some draft talk, obviously, or some uh, some more injuries this week dealing with the secondary, and we'll get into that. Plus. Akella Weatherspoon from uh, the University of Colorado. If you haven't seen this tape already, please go do so because I, I think there is definitely something cooking there, and he is going to join us uh, later on tonight. Uh, he's uh, has uh, spent. And I didn't know that know this either, but uh, he uh, his grandfather, very famous jazz musician. So we'll get into that uh, as well. So actually, one of the <laughs> one of one of the first records I ever bought as uh, as a jazz nerd. So I'm very excited for that. But man, that ain't nobody's business. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> a little hint. That's a, that's what we call a good tease in the business there. But uh, I, I wanted to start out with this because I, you know, you know, Toron's Toron's very much the the hustler, and he he talks to a lot of different people, and and things pop up. And the one guy that, of course, we all look to for you know free agency news and things like that is is Schefter because he's the same way. And I, I saw this in uh, in the MMQB, and we posted it on BleedingGreenNation.com uh, as well. Is 
I think it was Albert Breer who, who, who posted this, but basically it went on to say that Adam Schefter was giving advice to Alshon Jeffrey on, on exactly what to expect and, and what to grab uh, for his contract. So he was going through, I guess, trying to figure out everybody else's salary as the, the article was quoting. He was like, Schefter goes through contract numbers with uh, with Torrey Smith and, and uh, Jackson and uh, Pierre Garçon so, so slowly that uh, Jeffrey can write all of them down. It's all about the guarantee. You know, quote, your average uh, per year could be $100 million. It doesn't matter. It all comes down to the guarantee. Uh, and, and, you know, he goes on to explain this. Like, I do this so they can give me information back. I help them. They help me, et cetera, et cetera. And then he goes to another colleague at ESPN and gives them the scoop anyway. So sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But like, do you do you find a lot of that the the benefit of 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 doing doing stuff like that? You know, like where it's you're trying to help out uh, whoever it is, an agent, a player, or something else like that, in hopes of okay, we're we're going to uh, maybe maybe we'll have a relationship moving on forward. And and is that stuff really really worth doing a lot? I think it is that that's something I learned from uh, one of my mentors, Aaron Wilson. Uh, he's with the Houston Chronicle. I, I learned the importance of establishing a relationship with an agent. Now, granted, it doesn't always lead to breaking news, which, as you know, that's not you know of the utmost importance to me. If I could do it, great. If not, hey, it doesn't matter. But I, I think this situation in particular, it, it it it's kind of a slap not to Adam Schefter, but to Eugene Parker. Eugene Parker is is Jeffrey's agent, if I'm not mistaken. And when you see that type of situation, like, whoa, wait a minute, I I'm your agent. What are you, you going to, to me. Schefter for? <laughs> and Eugene Parker just happens to have a lot of receivers in the league. He is a guy who represents a lot of wide receivers. So um, I, I have to double check and make sure that 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 is right. That Eugene Parker is his agent, but I could have swore it was. But anyhow, um, yeah, I mean, you you do want to have the positive relationships. You know, and that helps you as far as securing guests, helps you as far as, you know, securing stories to do features on guys and stuff like that. So it's all good. I think that's what you need to do. But it's also just, you know, not not only the the benefit that it has to you, but it's like, okay, I could really feel more involved in this business because I have connections that I could go to to in in return get get advice from also. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just kind of a – well, it's nice to see a little little behind the curtain thing in there, and we know we know that there are a lot of other different people that are, you know, probably because I, 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 I've heard this from a, from a lot of different folks who've worked who work in the breaking news type of business. Just kind of off the record, obviously, we won't say any of their names, but like a lot of them hate Adam Schefter, <laughs> hate him, hate him. Mostly, uh, mostly Miko Grimes, who uh, who I who I dearly Miko's dearly hilarious. love. She's the best, yeah. but. Uh, it, it, but they only really do hate him because of the type of relationships that he's that he's that he's gotten already. So it's it's uh, it's it's interesting how a lot of that thing works and just how the rigmarole and how compa- I mean it's just as competitive his to grind, do all that stuff. It's his amazing. grind is relentless. That's what I do respect. I've seen him all off you know behind the scenes, whether it be combine or, or other events. And this dude literally, his phone is always near him. You, yeah, you know, and he's always got it out looking at it or type. He's he's busy. <laughs> That's Very for busy. sure. And maybe and see this is what some people were saying is maybe he helped Jeffrey land with the Eagles because he's like, hey. "Hey man, take the take the deal, whatever it is. It's 14 million dollars for the year. Take that and move on." So, uh all of those wonderful stories about, "Oh, I wanted I wanted to come play here. I didn't want to come play with come play with Sam Bradford and the Vikings." It's about the money each and every time. So, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Not, not possibly. Don't don't buy into it. I refuse. Uh, but there is, uh, yeah, so we've got a lot of other stuff uh, coming up, and obviously we'll get to your questions as well. Uh, some uh, more injury news happening here. Another Eagles target, uh, Fabian Moreau, uh, injured, pectoral, uh, and who knows what's going to happen with him. But uh, seems to be a lot of lot of different injuries Happening, uh, happening about you know at pro days and 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 things like that. But yeah. how it is, um, I, I don't know. Obviously, I think the first round is still pretty much set with the same guys. But this is kind of another one in that you know uh, day two range that uh, a lot of people are looking at. How much do these injuries do you think impact you know uh, people's stock going up or down? Well, I think for Sidney Jones, it impacted stock, but because I mean, this is a guy no Which, one even yeah. thought about second round. He was. Not likely to drop past the top 15, you know, if past 14 with the Eagles because they really like him. But anyhow, uh, with Fabian Moreau, I think 
it, it I, don't, I don't think it's going to change much. I, I, I'm very tempered as far as the enthusiasm is concerned with this guy as a quote-unquote skyrocketing draft draft prospect. I know Joe Douglas spoke to him. He was the first guy that Joe Douglas spoke to down at the mm, East-West Shrine week, uh, you know, that Tuesday of practice. But at the same time, just I remember watching it, and there really wasn't anything that stood out to me greatly to say, oh, he's a first-round corner. But, I mean, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. But he has the torn peck. Apparently he's going to be able to be back by August to go ahead and take part in, in all activities. Um, he's going to miss, the obviously, the, the you know, the rookie minicamp, which – you know, it, it's that and, and regular minicamp. That's an opportunity for a rookie to kind of get – uh, what's the word that I want to use? Um, comfortable, you, you know, to kind of get, you know – In the swing of things, in, understand in the, swing of, the, yeah, the terminology, yeah. the, all that stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. that opportunity to kind of knock out some of the, the early kinks. But he could get mental reps, so I, I think he'll be fine. I, he's he's a third-round guy to me, honestly. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that makes – yeah, it makes a lot of sense because I don't see a lot of the uh, a lot of the the eye uh, goggles that a lot of people see for that guy um, a lot of the time. And uh, speaking of that, you know, uh, th- th- Conley too has been has been mock drafted all over the place, uh, 14, 15, 16, somewhere somewhere around there, mm-hmm. which is I think he's uh, kind of been uh, very much the uh, the guy that has benefited the most from the Sidney Jones injury because now now suddenly that's that's the hot new name that's going around yeah. there. I don't see it at all. You know, I, I understand the ball skills part. I understand that when you when you see Lattimore and then you see the guy on the other side, he's making some some good splash plays, and you see the highlights and things like that. Uh, you know, McShay and a lot of those guys, all of the ESPN mock drafters are saying like, "Yeah, this is this is really where I spot him now," and you know, makes people worried about <laughs> about some of that stuff. Uh, I think he's definitely not a fit for Jim Schwartz's scheme either. I think he's more of a I, I don't know. I, he's he, he doesn't look to me like he's this big, great outside corner that you can rely on to be a, a, a CB one right away. But I don't know what, what what's your what's your take on on Conley and son of all of a sudden everybody's talking about him now. I think the the thing that's missing for you when, when you when you look at him and, and I see it also it's it's the aggressiveness that too yeah we talk finesse before, gets thrown out there a little we, a lot but we we talked before you know. When I was saying, man, I like dogs at corners, you know, which is what Sydney is, right? But um, I think that's really where the the shortcoming is. But at the same time, the guy has tremendous ball skills, as you mentioned. He has the length, you know. He he's able to to read routes. You know, he has a route recognition. He plays the ball really well. So there are things to like, but really to to just be one hundred. He needs to send Sidney Jones a portion of whatever his first check is because <laughs> Sidney Jones being injured yep. helped him a whole lot. But I tell you, when we talk about dogs and a guy that everybody is now suddenly you know, putting in the second round, and again, I know the combine is important, and I know you want to see a 4-5-40. Yes. But can people please stop disrespecting T's Tabor? See, please. well, that's, that's, that's where I actually – would would prefer T. Staper over a guy like Conley because of again because of the aggressiveness or whatever. It, it, because Conley is not that doesn't have that mentality, but also I don't know his combine isn't really like spectacular. It's not like mind blowing or anything. It just kind of checks on what he was doing. You're right. I would take a guy like like T. Staper instead love over there. I love watching him play, man. <laughs> he talks. He walks it. You know, and he's someone that has that swagger that you need as a cornerback, um, especially in Schwartz's scheme. You know, he talked about how he likes guys with swagger, and Tabor definitely fits that mold. And there were a few games where, and actually uh, one of the guys for Eagles Wire did a write-up on, on uh, Quincy Wilson, and he had a really – he highlighted a nice play where the – I think it was Travine uh, – Travine, Tra- Travine Durrell the LSU receiver, mm-hmm. he beat Wilson on a post. And you see Tabor, the guy, the slow guy, you, you know, yeah, according yeah. To, to the combine, come from the opposite side of the well, field. Well, let's be fair here, to the stopwatches. So, yeah, but yeah. still, okay. Different speed when when, <laughs> yeah. when that adrenaline is really pumping and chasing, you You know, oh, but whatever. <laughs> um, he came from the opposite side of the field, you know, and came over and, and he broke the play up, uh, broke the, the pass up at the last minute. So my thing is he has the game speed. You know, you can point to a lot of guys that don't run well on a track but run 
very well when the game, you know, when the lights come on and it's just I like showmen. You, you know yes. what I mean? I like guys when 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 the lights are on, when the pads are on, they come to life and that's what Tabor does for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure we'll have a little bit of a, a Dalvin Cook thing now too cuz even though those concerns about the combine and, and for me and I said, "Listen, I I think you should wait on this guy. I don't think he's it's kind of where they're at 14 and whatever and maybe he's a second round guy no second I th- round I, I think I think we've mm. gone too far now the other way where it's where it's going like to like oh yeah he sucks we'll get into that in a second because a lot of these guys that are are here are trying to get their their bodies tuned up they're trying to get right and I got to tell you uh, when we try and do that with with ourselves you know cuz we're not you know Toronto an ex athlete I was semi one <laughs> for a long time and sometimes you just can't get your body right let's face it workout programs for personal trainers are completely overpriced but the owner of bodymindmanagement.com marcus who is a loyal listener of the show wants to cut out all the crap he's a university student as well as an eagles fan himself he studies sizotherapy which i i'd see i he that's that's above my pay grade to know exactly what that is. Mine but, too. But Marcus will explain that to you along with his personal training because he decided to use the knowledge of his studies to create an affordable solution for both gym beginners who are just starting out or guys like me that need to get back into the gym and start doing that again, uh, as well as advanced lifters who need uh, a different challenge, an intense killer workout, uh, along with uh, not having to break your wallet, break the bank, do any of that stuff with an established personal trainer. So right now, you can go to bodymindmanagement.com slash shop and use the code BGN15 at checkout and get 15% off of a six-week workout program complete with diverse, structured, and intense workouts for your entire body. Again, that's bodymindmanagement.com slash shop and use the code BGN15 at checkout. We're going to wait on some debates because right now we are welcoming into the program uh, on the Clip It hotline. We are so thankful to have him. We welcome to the program right now Akello Witherspoon, cornerback from Colorado. Akello, thank you so much for joining us. How are you this evening? Yeah, I'm doing well, man. Uh, just just taking it in stride, uh, working out, staying, staying in shape, um, working out with some teams right now, and uh, really just embracing the process, embracing the buzz, trying to make the most out of it. Yeah, and that's that's definitely um, true, you know, the buzz. I talked to you at the Combine, and we talked about just how your ability matches a team like the Eagles as far as, you know, um, being able to, to press and, and also having the ability to excel in zone. Uh, what were some of the similarities as, as far as at Colorado to what the, the Eagles do? Uh, definitely that, that press mentality, um, being in your face, down in, down out. Uh, as well as being able to uh, play in the zone coverage. I think that serves me well with the Eagles as with any other team. And uh, I really think uh, just that whole mindset that you have to have to be a press corner, uh, I really adopted it through my college experience, and I think it will stick with me wherever I go. Yeah, and speaking of your college experience here too, it's just like you know, there's there's you went up uh, against some pretty awesome wide receivers. I know the Washington game kind of sticks out for a lot of folks, but if if they had to define what you're all about and what your game is, what what are some of the games that in your college career that like you you would point to and be like, that's that's me on tape. That's what you're getting here in the NFL. Yeah, definitely. I would say Washington for sure. Uh, Utah, Washington State of uh, the last year, Oregon. Uh, really, I think what you'll see on my film as a senior is just my growth from when I first showed up as a sophomore. And uh, that's what I'm really most proud of because I've worked hard and it all just uh, kind of came together this last year. The growth part is a really good mention because that's another thing that we talked about in Indy. You, you talked about the growth spurt and how that led you to play football your senior year. And as as you see, you know, going from – uh, throughout the time at Colorado, you became a better and better player. So I'm glad you mentioned that. The footwork, the length, how do you use that to your advantage when you're going against a corner or, excuse me, a receiver? Uh, I really like to focus on my footwork. I take great pride in um, being agile and mobile and not just relying on my, my God-given uh, athleticism. And so uh, when I'm lining up across the receiver, I really work my feet mainly and let the hands and length kind of take over as the route progresses or as needed. Um, and I think that's what allows me to be successful and get plays on balls is just because my feet are always in the correct place, uh, rarely off balance, although sometimes I am. Um, but 
But I think just having that consistency with uh, your footwork and just being aware of where the player is allows you to make play. We're talking with Akello uh, Weatherspoon from uh, Colorado. And, uh, you know, and, and just real quick, just the non-football stuff. I, is, is it true that your grandfather is Jimmy Witherspoon? Yes, sir. Oh my goodness! That was like it was one of the first records that I ever bought was with me and my grandfather. That we were just kind of like sitting there uh, jamming to. That's crazy, man. That's uh, kind of that's that's pretty awesome. Uh, is there yeah. uh, it, what kind of I guess what kind of in family influences have kind of shaped uh, who you are and and what you are all about to, today? Yeah, uh, definitely my father first and foremost. Um, the, he's the person I'm closest with uh, today, and uh, I've been my entire life has always helped me to really high standards, but with that, you're able to achieve uh, higher higher things as well. And, um, it's, I mean, it's tough being in that position, uh, always having, like, the highest expected of you, but, I mean, I, I don't see what you would ask for, any anything different. I'm uh, just trying to be the best human being as well as athlete that I can be, and I think he's done a great job with that. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, that, that's definitely awesome. So it, it's very clear, you know, you're well-rounded. Um, when you look at just the duo, you and, and Awuze, you know, uh, <laughs> could you imagine you guys ending up on the same team? I mean, uh, in the NFL, what what would that be like? Yeah, it'd be awesome. I mean, just that, that relationship that we've built, the trust that we have for one another, it would be great to take it on to the next level. Um, wherever he goes, wherever I go, I know we're always going to support one another and uh, under whatever teams those are. Absolutely. And that's, uh, I guess the last question from us is just like, and, and this is what we've been asking a lot of folks, is just what? Uh, how do you kind of stick out from this this cornerback class? Because it is deep. There's a lot of talent there. What do you think that, uh, you know, teams or you need to show, uh, you know, to be in that upper echelon of that first or second round kind of tag there? Yeah, I think just my overall athleticism, It's. Uh, I, I just think it's very rare. I take great pride in being technically sound with my footwork, uh, speed, uh, balance. I just really, I don't like to rely on my size. It's a, it's a beautiful gift, and it definitely allows me to make plays when needed. But I just pride myself on being able to jump, run, cover, move left and right, and I think that's what makes you special. Excellent. Well, uh, we uh, we wish you nothing but good luck, my friend, and we know you got a lot of a bright future, and, and we appreciate you hanging out uh, right here on BJN Radio. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. All right, Kel, appreciate you, man. And that's one of the things that sticks out most from that is because, you know, when he says, like, that that stuck out to me when you're like, yeah, I know I have the size, I know I have a lot of that other stuff going on, but really it just comes down to the technique and everything there. And you you had even reminded me, I think, when we were doing the WIP show a while ago, that wasn't just a growth spurt. That was, like, an enormous growth spurt. Right. Something going from, like, 5'8 to 6'3 or something overnight. Yeah. Basically, just like, oh, maybe, maybe I should go play football. Yeah, it was 5'8, I think, the 6'1, and then, uh, you know, he, he grew to the 6'3. And the thing that I like about him, and I was talking about, some of these players who move on to become coaches. And if you ever notice, the guys who were not the best players oftentimes are really good coaches. Why is that? Well, it's simple because they're not as talented as some of these other guys who could just re not rely on just being natural athletes. So the technique has to be right. I say all that just to get back to Akello. And the thing with him is when he was 5'8", you know, and playing soccer and playing basketball, what he relied upon was was technique. And he really made it a point to say when he got the size to match the technique, it just only enhanced his technique. So he still relies on some of the things that you have to do as far as uh, being a, a, a smaller guy, but he's now in a big man's body. So it's a really good combination. And that's why you don't see him get crossed up too much coming off the line of scrimmage. I wanted to talk to him just about that one play that he had against John Ross, yeah. you know, in the red zone where Ross, you know, gave the move inside and then two steps outside and went to bring it back to the slant. And this is the same kind of move I've seen so many corners just get turned around with. But Akello had the patience. He used his long arm at the end, got the pass break up, which would have been a touchdown. And those are the things that you like to see from a taller, longer guy to 6'3", 195 pounds like Akello, it shows me that he does uh, have really good feet. He has the patience. And another thing that he mentioned as far as just his positioning and, and keeping his feet right, he's always in phase.
Mm-hmm. And as a corner, if you're always in phase, that just means that you're always in a position to make a play on the ball. And that's what you see so much. I posted some some uh, clips of him. I think it was it was three or four nights ago. I'll go in and retweet him. But it really nice just against the slant. And then the first route, I forget what the school was against. I think it was I wanted, it was Washington State, I think it was. And they tried Just to run. Just one of the games you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the games. <laughs> and they tried to run like one of these corner stop type of routes where the receiver, you know, he makes a move inside and then he, he releases upfield and he makes a move to the post, goes to the corner, chops, and then comes back. And that was the route that he ran and, and he didn't, he wasn't beaten at all. Yeah, he, it, he ended up breaking it up. And then uh, he had another breakup on the next play. The same receiver tried to run a slant on him. Yeah, and I know it's it's so tough to and as we've talked about before in the past, and we've had conversations with you, me, and Ben about like you know just because this guy's really good doesn't make this this other guy really good. But I, I really do think that uh, you know he is the type of guy that you. <laughs> I, I'm not surprised if he's if he's gone like late first round because of all that because you go back and I was telling Theron it's just like. I feel like he's Bruce Lee, at least with his hips, because <laughs> it, he just moves so fluidly. And and again, you get thrown off because of the size. The six three, you know, he's up there, almost two hundred pounds, and you're like, all right, well, there's got to be some clunkiness to his game. No one, no one can be that smooth if you're that tall and you're that big. But it's like a guy that's you know five ten and has a ton of speed, and then his combine is just it matches exactly what you see on tape. It's you know it's mm-hmm. four four five. It's a forty inch vertical. It's all that stuff. It's it's really exciting. And and honestly, just like you said, both of these Colorado corners are just they're outstanding. You just look at them like man, there there really is so much depth there. So I know I even jumped the gun and we're saying like guys like you know Dory Jackson and things like that. But man, you, you look at a guy like. You know, Kella Witherspoon, you're just like, that is that's the whole package there. That's that's technique, that's athleticism. And I, I would be her- very happy if he's if he's on I mean he, he fits Jim Schwartz's scheme like crazy. Yeah, and it's interesting because even though these guys are teammates, they're they're different. Whereas a woozy is that that shorter, more compact, quick type of corner who in my book, he, Demonte K Z, Jordan Lewis, uh Corn Elder. These are for mm-hmm. the best nickel guys. You, you know what I mean? Exactly. Don't get me wrong. A Wuze could hold his own on the outside, but when you're, when I categorize guys, I do it like inside and then I do outside guys because it just is, is just a way that I look at at corners. But anyway, he's that guy that you know you put on the Cole Beasley's, the guy you put on the uh, the uh, Trell Hawkins, the guy you have cover the Ryan Switchers, who I mocked to the Eagles in the yes, in the I love fifth, this, I love round. that. Please but, and thank you. Yeah, <laughs> he's that guy that you put on them. Whereas Akello is the one he could cover them, like he would have to smother them because even though his footwork is good, it, it it's it's not going to be something he could rely upon solely as a longer guy to, to cover those guys. But Akello is the guy you put on the outside on that island, and you just say, hey, look, go for it. That's your guy cover him yeah and he'll shadow. do that he's the shadow yep. exactly yeah. and that's that's what's exciting uh, about a lot of this you know uh, class that's coming up through here and you know we, we get stuck in in those names a lot and uh and this is one of those times again where it's just like this makes a lot of sense a lot, a lot of sense a lot for of a lot sense. of di- a lot of different reasons and it's interesting too you know what you're speaking of uh, you know a lot of that uh, of the nickel and the starting and and how much like defenses now that's pretty much part of the the starting lineup and and mostly like base doesn't exist anymore because you're a nickel more times than you're not and I I saw that Mike Mayock even had a ranking of nickel are we there to that point where it is specialized and you're the slot guy you're the nickel corner you're the whatever in the NFL now I think so and I I think in the case of especially a team in the NFC East where you see some pretty much all three teams now we'll see what the Redskins do I don't I mean they still have the personnel to do it but pretty much all all four teams you know run a lot of three receiver sets mm-hmm. now if the Eagles get OJ Howard hey, hey, things <laughs> might change that's right. but they for the most part use three receiver sets so naturally you want to have your your third corner on the field a lot more and in essence a nickel like Ron Brooks was a starter you, you know Ron Brooks Nolan Carroll and Leotis McKelvin those were the starting corners for the Eagles and that's even why you know once Brooks went went down essentially Jalen Mills was a starter yep. and that's why when I'm writing about the Eagles and the secondary and their cornerback needs 
I'm saying they have one returning starter because Mills, in essence, was a starter. Yes. He played left and right corner, has the ability to play nickel, but obviously we know what happened. You know, Malcolm dropped down. But I say all that to say just when you look at just the way things are going, there's more and more three receiver sets. So you have to match personnel with personnel. And, you know, some some people think that the 4-3 the is still – look, here, here's the bottom line, right? If you stay in 4-3 against receiver sets, three receiver sets, I know as a receiver, especially the guy who's stuck, uh, who has the, the linebacker stuck on, I will be pissed off because as a receiver, you better not, put, you better not yeah. put a linebacker yeah. on me. And if you do, you're going to pay severely because there's no way this guy has the athleticism and speed to match with me. And that's really the mindset, how you look at things. So it's all about matchups, and that's why you see teams use more nickel packages because it's just the way this league is going. Yeah, and that's I actually remember that. <laughs> I remember Trent Cole as a, you know, I think it was during the Bears game of uh, early Chip's early tenure, maybe in 2013, where there was there's a video in the same way of, of disrespect in the other way that I think they had Matt Forte as the lone blocker against them to get, you know, he's just like, that's – He's like, ooh, he's like, and he saw it right away. He's like, oh my goodness, ooh. He's like, that's just, they tried to disrespect me. Yeah. It's like, they put him on me. I'm going to win every time. But uh, that's, that's what's, what's great about, and, and again, that when I, when we get into debates about Jalen Mills and, and where he's going to be, I still do look him at it as a starter. And I don't think you should say any more things like, I think he belongs as a nickel starter. He's I think he's the new Ron right. Brooks. That's fine. That's that's his position. I and yes, you can stick him out just like you're saying, left or right, if you need to in certain situations. But it's probably not going to be his best role. So as a nickel, that's fine. Now go find me. Go find me some Witherspoons yeah. on the on the outside yeah. and stick him there, and that'll be a lot of fun. I love him in the slot. You know, as the nickel guy, his yeah. footwork is superb. Uh, great. He's aggressive. You know, he's tough. You could blitz him off the edge if you want to. Yeah. So he's everything that you want because, man, when you move inside, man, that level of physicality is, is raised. You know, uh, Jordan Matthews to tell you that, man. We talked about that all the time because I'd always tell him, like, man, you know, I respect you for how you – where you play, you know. And he would always say, man, yeah, it's a different creature in there. Mm-hmm. And it, it is. So that being said, it's not just on the receiver side. It's the defensive back side also because you're required to blitz off the edge. You're required to, you, you know, make someone pay coming across the middle. You're required to get up. And, and pre- the best way to cover a guy like, like a Trent, uh, Trent Cole, like a Cole Beasley, <laughs> yeah. is to, to disrupt him at the line of yes. scrimmage. That's what you have to do. You can't let him get that release because if he does, man, he's going to embarrass you. Yeah. So, and, and, it is, and it's a different thing, too, where uh, especially a lot of the time there's not going to be a, a bunch of fly routes or anything that's like that. It's You're, you're the safety valve. You're the hot mm-hmm. read a lot of the time, so it's – it's three or four steps, and you got to make sure to beat those three or four steps. And the thing I like about Mills in the in the nickel spot, he also has size. So when you see a team like how actually you're going to see here, it, it, well, you see it now. The Eagles use Jordan Matthews. He's a bigger body. He's not that shifty, quick slot guy. But Mills has the the size and aggressiveness to match up against them too. So I think that's a great situation. However. A couple Colorado transplants into this uh, defense would be really sweet. I know the Eagles, uh, they talked with both of them. Uh, both of them told me that at the combine. And, you know, just I know Wuze, or rather Akella Witherspoon went, yeah. went up in your rankings, you know, because of his, his grandfather. But Yeah, absolutely, which, an, which I felt, by the way, <laughs> I meant to play the song as it's coming out, but, I, you know, he, he was short on time, yeah, but we'll play that at some good. point. Yeah. <laughs> but here's another thing to make you like, the other Colorado corner, he told me that the whole reason why he plays football is because of Brian Dawkins. Man, how about that? I mean, come on, get, come on, gang. That's already – yeah, you mentioned Brian Dawkins or, like, you're from Philadelphia. I think that's an automatic in there. But, yeah, yeah. that's – you know, and that's what I'm saying. Like, if you haven't already – and first – and this is the thing that always happens around here. It's okay not to know a lot of these guys and prospects and things like that. You know, it's okay. Like, yeah. this is – you don't have to be first. You don't have to be the first one. If you're not the first one, go – go. I, I'm serious. Look at look at the Colorado secondary, and you will be like, 
wow. Because their, their safety is good, too, Tedrick yes. Thompson. Like the whole thing. The whole and that's, package. that's the thing that's crazy. You have secondaries, whether it be Ohio State's, you know, Washington's, Colorado's was really good. Uh, Michigan's was solid. You, you know what I mean with Channing Stribley yeah. and 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 uh, Jordan Lewis, and then then of course you've got um, my man uh, Peppers too, Jabril Peppers. So it's just really nice to see a bunch of of, of solid secondaries, and, and you got groups of guys that are getting drafted, not just one or two. No, That's groups, whole thing. Yeah, groups yeah. going to the league. And you look at Washington, man. Same thing. They'll yeah. mess around and have three guys drafted in the top three rounds. I know it's probably going to be in the questions now, too, but since the, you know we were both very big Sidney Jones lovers, mm. just so I don't forget about it right away, but do you think that are – you, are, how much are you buying into – I'm going to be ready this season because that's that's what he kind of came out and said. I still don't really feel that way. I I still think that's like I I we both obviously feel terrible for him, but I don't think anybody's still going to be jumping up and doing, you know, a second round pick is is still kind of a little high I think for the NFL. I still kind of see a day 3 thing, but where do you see Sidney Jones now? It depends on where in the second round. I could see a team that's strong at other spots yeah, all around. Yeah. Yeah. Saying, "Hey, look, he's there. We got the pick. Teams at the bottom, like the Saints Let, or the, the New England or whoever." Oh man, I, I would, I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints grabbed him because yeah. you figure, all right. So we got it's it's March. It happened early March, right? So you got we'll just count March out. We'll sure. go April, May, June, July, August. That's five months. The good thing is he had the surgery. See the, the, that Achilles situation is 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 unique because you have some guys. Like Michael Crabtree back in 2013, that have the injury right and have the surgery the next day. Jones waited a little bit, which tells me okay, there was some swelling that had to go down. But I, I, I mean, we don't know the degree of the tear, so different degrees have different repair. Like like Steve Smith Senior, he had his in I think week. Week nine, I think it was, mm-hmm. and T. Sizzle, you know, Terrell yeah, Suggs, yeah. he had his in the season opener, but they came back at the same time. So interesting. It, it really it, depends it, on body. And, it depends and on body, and I, I remember that season. You know, we didn't see Steve Smith for a while, and then all of a sudden he started. That dude is a character, man. Yeah, That's my is. dog. Yeah. But he started showing up. He had a little scooter. You know what I mean? He'd have, he would have his, his, the, 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 his knee the injury, on the, one the of those knee things. on the scooter. Yeah, and he was was scooting around the locker room, and still the same old guy with the jokes and stuff. But Suggs, he he wasn't really there, you know. Uh, and that's no knock on Suggs, but he began to to reappear, you know, after the season. And uh, I mean, they both came back last year, and, and they did what they had to do. So yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting, and that's where I unfortunately I think for the Eagles, they they can't take that risk unless they have again to, to, you know to feel really good about the doctor's assessments or him or whatever yeah. i don't see a team like that doing it i really see a team in the nfc east kind of pulling that trigger i don't think they have that luxury other than maybe washington might be able to do it or where the giants kind of might be able to do it but still it's 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 very up in the air and i don't know i guess if you had eli apple and then you know Prince uh, or not Prince, but the DRC eventually DRC, is going to move yeah. on and, and kind of do do that thing there. But and they got Janoris out there too, Janoris yep. Jenkins. But I, the Redskins situation would be interesting to me because there's already been so much turmoil there. Whereas you got Bruce Especially Allen, those, yeah. you, you know the, the the struggle between Bruce Allen and and, uh, um, and Scotty Scotty, Scotty Mac, yeah. you know McLuhan. Now he's gone, and then you got the stuff with Chris Cooley saying it's because of alcoholism, this and that. And I just hate when people are so judgmental. But yeah. you know that's a different <laughs> conversation. Well, he's not even there. There's nothing. There's nothing to battle anymore. So Scott's yeah. moved on. So it's so just kind of like yeah. You have that, and then you have they're they're saying that a lot of the stronger personalities have been removed from the. T- so it's just I don't know that they can handle drafting the guy higher and not having him play. Philadelphia, just because, hey, this city demands success, mm-hmm. it will be tough. But I think after, you know, going through the process with the 76 Well, no, that's I'm on board. I'm Listen, you're talking to a, the, one of the a hinky-eyed here, so I get that. But yeah. at the same time, I think I think you, the, the Eagles' only move for Sydney would be first-round selection, second-round selection, move back up if he's still available in the second round and snatch him 
somewhere mid to late or there are i mean they're already mid second round anyway so i think if you get back into the second round somehow and grab them people would be on board for that and kind of because again it's not it's an achilles it's not like it's you know his his knee fell off or blew up or anything like that it's not like there's no nerve damage it's not nothing like that so you know he's going to come back at a certain time and if they as long as they're not expecting him to rush back and be ready for the season um uh, that's that's where you need to go in which again and can i just get your assessment on this too uh, and it's been talked about a lot why is jason kelsey still here there are 11 <laughs> count them 11 guards on this football team right now okay hey. and there are four that can play center if need be so what's the deal in your eyes with this thing is there a tra- there the, uh, the only thing i can think of is there has to be a trade at some point I, because i it makes no sense for him to be on this football team Trade would have to be possible, but, I mean, they could just really trust him as the guy that this year is essential to Carson Wentz's development. I mean, I guess I know, but, you know, when you look at just what Wentz has said, what Peterson has said, these guys have raved about the communication and, and, you know, calling out the protections and, and things like that and, if that's one less thing for their, you know, ginger Jesus to to worry about, <laughs> maybe it it holds value to them to to keep those guys. I know Sayomalu is there, and I know you know you got Wiz. Uh, and Tim, Wiz yeah. You know there are guys that that could move into that position, but which, by the way, which is so it's so interesting to me because I and I think you know this too. Wiz is um not the easiest guy to get along with. <laughs> So I, you know, I, I really don't understand how that kind of worked in the thing, and it almost gets me thinking because I think of that, and, and it just hit me again when you're saying, yeah, Kelsey is really smart. I, I don't think Wiz touches the center role at all now. I think they're going to stick him at guard between that and Warmack, and it's between Kelsey and 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 say Amalu. So maybe that's where if they're holding on to Kelsey, that's where that's going to be, and like Wiz doesn't touch center at all, but can be there still if need got be. Barber on the roster too. So, well, that's what I mean. There's a, yeah, eleven guards. Eleven. Hey, we know we know <laughs> about six of them going to have to go. Well, yeah, so, and it's it's still pre. I just want to see who too, who it is that, that's going to go because, like you said, they have money invested in Wisniewski. Obviously, chance. I forget what the the penalty would be, but I mean, even if it's the max penalty, one point five, that's not a huge amount. Yeah, yeah. But I can't see him being released. I you see what they're trying to do with him? They're trying to. Catch lightning in the bottle again. and keep it in that bottle, yeah. you know, by having him matched up with Stoutland. So we'll see what happens there. Barber, you know, he's going, if not this year, after next year. Um, man, it's. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't I don't think um, Barber doesn't make much sense to me either because it's it's n- not in terms of like getting rid of him because he can play. He can play guard. He can play swing tackle. He can do a lot of different do things in a, in, a, in a pinch. But, and you know, do it well. Yes, exactly. Which we definitely weren't saying a year ago. <laughs> this year he played yeah. phenomenally. Yeah. But before we get into your questions, I actually uh, there's been some updates. So the the before we uh, it, it appears that Jeffrey had tweeted out uh, the media helped nothing with my contract signing. That was kind of the update he did there. Also, just breaking news as we're recording this, our favorite friend, yours and mine, Mark Sanchez, is now a quarterback in Chicago. <laughs> So what are they just? I like, don't know they're what they're trying to together. accumulate the worst quarterbacks in the league. <laughs> I think so. You know, fifteen million. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy out there. So uh, we'll get into your questions and actually just a second. But I, I did want to mention this because we mentioned it earlier at the uh, at the top of the show here. I I, I don't know you it can because there is a small debate that is now brewing: McCaffrey versus Cook. What 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 makes it that Dalvin Cook is going to be? Uh, the better guy going there. And I know you're going to say just go turn on the tape, but both of these guys have pretty good tape, I would say. And I don't see – to me, I think they're relatively close. I don't think there's a there's a, a, a big gap in between these guys, but do you do you have it in your mind that there, there might be a little larger gap in there? When you sit down and really think about it, it's tough because let me tell you, I love McCaffrey, man, what he does. just And everybody – just wrongfully pigeonholes him into a guy that that's a, a third a, down back, a third a down back, or a specialty. <laughs> you better go back and watch that Stanford tape. He ran Absolutely. between the tackles plenty of time. You had to see him on first, second, third down, and when your your offense was on fourth down, guess who you had to see him. You, you know what I mean? So 
let's put that to bed. That dude is an every down back. Absolutely. Without a doubt about it. Oh, well, he only 10 bench, 10 rep. It doesn't Whatever. matter. Especially it for running back. It doesn't matter. Yeah. There's this thing that, that, that running backs can do to, to oncoming blitzers called cut. And that's what he'll do. Move out of the way. You're not going to see him. You just cut it, cut it, cut him down, man. You, that's what you do. You know, you're not going to see him bench press 225 at any point on, on the field. So let's move past that. As far as the sep- man, it's it's tough when you yeah. really think about it. It's tough because I I will say I love Dalvin Cook's explosiveness. I love, and that's not to say McCaffrey's not explosive, but I I would probably go with Cook. Just because I like him as an overall back. And it, it's funny that I say that because McCaffrey has all the ability that you want as far as to, to move him out into a slot. So it's close. But I, I would go with, with Dalvin Cook or over McCaffrey, but I wouldn't be upset if either one. If 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 the pick is in and it's McCaffrey for the Eagles, you know, I'm not gonna write anything criticizing that team because I think they did the right thing. You know, you can't go wrong with either one. And the other thing is you have to look at, and I I talked to Dalvin at the Combine just about how a lot of the zone schemes, you know, that they use at Florida State coincide with the league. Of course, I was talking about the Eagles scheme, (laughs) but, you know, and and he laughed after after the uh, press conference when I told him that. But, you know, it translates. More importantly, Stanford – has a pro style run, running offense, just pro style offense. Period. Zach Ertz, he, I did an article in the summertime talking about you know how Stanford has become tight end you and how their pro style offense helped him when he got to the West Coast style offense. He could just it, it helped his transition into it. Same thing with McCaffrey, and just you, you know you're getting an, an added element with him as far as one that you haven't really seen because of you know how how. I mean, they they threw him the ball, but the guy runs really good routes, you know, because he's just an athlete. You know, people don't realize his grandfather was the first guy to run a sub 10 second, 100 yard dash. You know, obviously his dad was, man, Easy Ed was fun to watch. I love receivers that block, and he did that. But, you know, and he was a really good receiver. But, you know, I have to go with Cook in in this case, but like I said, Either way, you can't go wrong. Yeah, I think that's kind of where I'm at too, and I, I, I'm, I'm to the point now where I don't think either one of them would be worthy of 14. But still, it's if they, if that's the way they go, and listen, the board shakes out that way. Am I really going to complain about 18, eight spots, seven spots, whatever it is? Yeah, and we kind of get, we kind of get so wrapped up in the value of those different five or six spots there, especially in that range where it's just mm. like, yeah, all right, 14, 20. What's the difference? You End know? of the day, you have to look at. What guy is the best that matches your need? And, I mean, we we said it over and over again. Yeah. You know, do you want the fourth best corner or do you want the second, the best. second slash third best running back? Yeah, exactly. You know, so it really comes down. And then you got to throw in, hey, look, Mike Williams, Corey Davis are on the board. It's it's really They better use it all the way up to the last <laughs> second to turn that pick in, you know, yeah, because yeah. there's a lot of posturing. You know, different scouts are pounding the table for yeah. different prospects. You don't know what's going on as far as who likes who, and that final decision is just going to have to be made. And Joe's yelling at Howie. Howie's yelling at Joe. Joe's yelling at Jeffrey. Jeffrey's yelling at Howie. It's a it's a crazy. Uh, no, that's not actually what's happening. It's just uh, imagine <laughs> that in all, my mind. It's just you know just going <laughs> yeah like a circular like, conversation like uh, yeah and you have to do that in six minutes. I can't believe that that's like you know uh, somebody's actually that that kind of pressure is 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 you very unique. By the way, when I say fourteen to twenty, I'm not advocating for a trade down. Okay, don't don't get that twisted. I'm just mm. saying the talent pool is is relatively close. But let's waste no more time. Let's get into some of those questions. And and speaking of which, uh, we have our good friend uh, Brian uh, checking us out at P Town uh, B, uh, and he's saying with the depth at running back, uh, I would pa- speaking of McCaffrey, I would pass on McCaffrey and take a guy like uh, Kamara in the second. And I think they're – well, th- again, he's using kind of the third down backs uh, thing here. I don't think either one of them are, are third down backs, but how do you – I know we've kind of gone uh, back and forth a little bit about Kamar. I think they're completely different running back styles, and, you know, I don't know. I I, <laughs> I would say no. I would just say if you're going to debate those, just take McCaffrey. It's degree of separation, right? The degree of separation from Fournette, Cook, McCaffrey to the next tier of guys is too large – 
to just simply bypass someone to get them later. Bottom line. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 pretty much I agree. Uh Brad is asking for uh if someone uh hold on, I got to rephrase this again. Hold on, take that again. If someone the Eagles really like falls to say 10 or 12, do you think that they uh, do pull the trigger and, and trade up? From the way that Howie's been talking, I would have to assume that's yes and and I think despite, you know, whatever it is now that they have eight picks, and I know it's kind of scary to kind of jump up and do that. I still think if you have six collectively and especially in the first round, you you have six and the first one is in 10 to 12, whoever kind of slips through there. I don't know who would that, that would be at that point. Obviously, we've talked to death about O.J. Howard and a lot of other guys that could slip and fall to there, but um, sure, I, I think so, but I don't I don't expect them to because I don't expect the board to kind of fall that way. But I always say that every year, and then somebody end, ends up, in, up the, in, in that mm-hmm. range there. So w- what do you think? Gut feeling like let's uh, – obviously, it's, if it's guys that we think we're gonna, supposed to be in the top five and they're down there, yes, that's pretty obvious for a bunch of other teams that are there. But I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. I think you have to look at, at position, right? I could see them – not saying I would suggest it, but I could see them moving up to to ten or, or to ten specifically to get Marshawn Lattimore. And here's yes, why: because you have the Saints, Cardinals, those teams picked before them, and they are in need of cornerbacks. So maybe they would be interested to jump ahead of them to get that top corner right now. So I could see that being the case. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would almost advocate sitting at ten. And just taking what's there, or fourteen and taking. No, I'm saying like trade up, like you know, obviously announce oh, just before, regardless, just regardless, get up to ten and make sure you get your guy. <laughs> you know, I mean, like because because of what you just said, especially if it's a corner. Again, it's all just it's hard to just say do it anyway. I would feel more comfortable if the Eagles were at ten than they were at fourteen, which I'm yeah. sure is obvious to everybody. I, but I think they'll have a bunch of if situations in place where they'll probably be in contact with the Bills. Uh, I think it's the Bills there at 10. But yep, with, with the team at 10, they'll be in con- contact with that team relatively close to the draft and say, hey, look, if our guy is there, we will trade with you. If our guy is there. And that'd be the deal. And then, you know, if if at pick nine, you know, if, if so-and-so is, is picked, then you'll see, bing, bing, bing. You know the little update. I love the update, man. You know, and then it, 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 yeah, and then it'll show you know the trades been made. Yeah, absolutely. And you'll see the the art museum steps erupt. Yes. It, oh, you know and just go. I mean? Oh, yeah. yes, yes. It's happening. But you know, it's funny. It's one thing we didn't get into, and I see uh, uh, um, uh chiming in here and saying, like, you know, the Eagles need a, a pass disruptor badly, a defensive end. Uh, is Barnett. is no one worthy at fourteen? Uh, who must we draft to fill that void in, in which the, uh, with that pick? I got to say, there has been a lot of different stuff. And this goes back to, I think, even Adam Kaplan two months ago. And then we started having that same feeling when we're looking at the draft board where it falls down, where you're looking and just being like, well, yeah, pretty sure there's going to be a, a decent to maybe the best pass rusher other than Miles Garrett is going to be probably in that range, too. Um, the Sidney Jones injury happens. Our friend Kyle Scott then just you know says the Eagles are trying to target a defensive lineman in the first round. Which again, you have to kind of take with whatever. I think it's I think it's increasingly hard to be like, oh yeah, we're targeting this specific person this far out of the draft on a draft board, which is we have no idea how it's going to fall. But in the same thing, if if they're really concentrated on pass rusher, is that something to at this point? I think it's that's to throw people off. Honestly, I, at, at this point, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they take it either. So it's it's kind of you're in that you're stuck in that weird zone where it's just like this could be total truth or total smoke show, you know. And I, uh, but I'll say this: if Derek Burnett is there at fourteen, I could definitely see them picking him. I, I could see them pick. I think Solomon Thomas is going to go earlier. Obviously, I'm Miles Garrett, but you know, in watching the OJ Howard film, I saw a few times where OJ Howard <laughs> stood up Miles Garrett. And here's the thing. If you are a premier defensive end, you should never get stood up by a, def- a tight end. <laughs> but anyway, Derek Barnett is definitely a guy. If, if he's there at 14, I could see them making that pick for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, speaking of which, and I, I, I think uh, Justice Mosqueda had, had tweeted this out at some point. There has only been 
four wide receivers, and definitely one is not like the other, but four wide receivers that had the fastest cone times that O.J. Howard did, and I think it was oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, OBJ, obviously DHB was in that mix too, he's, he's Julio stupid. Jones, and everybody else that's in there. And then, you know, you go on to figure out, and just as a reminder to all of that, and with the 40 time, he's doing this at whatever it is, 251 six, six, pounds, yeah, so, and an 80-inch wingspan. Stupid. I'm just, I'm, I know we've been trying to convince everybody of this, but I, God damn it, like, they, and Howie, Joe, if you're listening, and this is the thing, too. It, it's not going to matter because I, I guarantee you he goes before the top ten. I, I guarantee think he you, OJ Howard's in the top ten, and everyone's I mean, going, "Oh, weird! That's that's so weird." And then yeah. <laughs> and then everybody can kiss our foreheads and, and do all that stuff. But yeah, yeah I, I I think I don't know. Barnett worries me really a little bit. Like I just see I see some of these things where it's um it, you know the I, the explosiveness is there, the quickness is there. Um, aggressiveness, aggressiveness, it's all the, there. The it, motor, yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, again, it's 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 so it's harder for me to, and it's probably because I just don't have a ton of experience with it. I I just don't. I have a hard time with pass rushers. I don't know what exactly. Everybody talks about the bend. Everybody talks about this and the angles and all that stuff. When I look at a lot of these guys, I think they're all good. <laughs> so it's just kind of yeah. like. But but at the same time, I see how, how much impact do you put into you know obviously like you're saying a premier a pass rusher shouldn't give me. Stowed up by a tight end. That's that's pretty obvious. But what would you tell people to to look for when people are saying bend and angle and all all of those things? And what what's what's the one thing you go? Oh, damn! That's that's really really good. Well, as a defensive end, you know that that side of the pass rushing things. What I look for is just that immediate get off. You know, does he threaten as soon as the ball is snapped? That's that's the main thing for me. But then you also have to look at the motor. You have to look at his ability to use counter moves. Uh, one of the things I like about Barnett is they used him a lot just looping him inside, you know, on, on stunts. And then you also look at, like you mentioned, the bend. But, I mean, first things first, when, when you're, you know, drafting a guy high, you know, the, the first thing you have to look at is just how well does he get off the ball right away. And Barnett has a really good jump. And, I mean, you know, Miles Garrett does does too. But, like I said, you know, there there's different things that, you know, but – I, I like Barnett. I personally think, and I know this is going to cause a, a lot of uh, you know Uh-oh. feedback, but I think he's the best pass rusher in the draft. Wow. I think he's better that? than Miles Garrett. Um, that's something that you know I, I've I've thought about for a while, and I have to say, you know, Emory Hunt is is another one that that you know kind of keyed me to to some of the things to watch for from Garrett and, and he'll tell you in in a second man you know anytime a guy gets blocked by tight ends you, you that's that's a red, red flag. flag yeah yeah more so than the athleticism and the things that you see at the combine and doing all that stuff again it's you know kind of leads right into your go back and the tape never lies and then all that Eye stuff in the which sky. <laughs> lie. um a couple of more here and uh and then we're gonna just uh wrap some things up but from our good friend uh Yo, I lost the question. Where did it go? There it is. From a good friend, Docking Ted. Uh, kind of an interesting one here, too, because this is really kind of plays into, into the BPA and all that stuff. If Jamal Adams somehow mm. falls in the draft, do you take him over a top wide receiver? Uh, obviously, yes. And then he goes, or, or a guy like Connolly at 14. I'm, I would, if I mean, if, between those two choices, absolutely I'm taking Jamal Adams because some have him one, some have him two, depending on to who you like uh, a little better here is, is the number one guy, number one safety that's there. I, 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 again, and, and I always go back to this, and it's not an immediate need. Obviously, they need corners. Obviously, they need a lot of different things here, but there's – Malcolm Jenkins is getting older. They don't really have a third safety now. Sure, would it be a waste of waste of time? Probably, but Jamal Adams. I don't know. I would have again. I would have a very hard time saying, okay, move. Nope, we're gonna we're gonna select something else of need right now in the first round. And again, it's the first. He's not gonna probably start right away. That means uh-huh. too. So that really factors into it. But I'd have to think about it for a long time. I. I Think long and hard. I give that phone as much time to ring as possible to try to, you know, get somebody who wants to hijack him and and give me some picks for it. But end of the day, you know what? You can never have too many good football players. That's yeah. really what it boils down to. Obviously, you know, I like Jalen Watkins. I, I like Terrence Brooks, but we're talking about a different type of hold athlete. On, hold on, hold on, hold on. That you just that just come out of your mouth. Yeah, I like Jalen Watkins. He he improved <laughs> as the year went on. His tackling got better. You know, obviously he, he had a couple penalties, but I like Jalen Watkins as a as a number as a third safety. But 
just like with the O.J. Howard conversation, you, you, you don't buy, bypass a, a world-class talent because you had depth at the position. You can never have too many good players. Yes, and, and obviously it's a little different with O.J. because can, he can actually be on the field right away. But sure, yeah, I mean, it, for me, it would be uh, it would be very hard to uh, to pass up. Well, you, you worked that nickel package. You, you let Malcolm yeah, well, drop down and, right. and at your nickel guy, you, you know, and then you have Jamal Adams. They run nickel most of the time anyway, yep. so – you, that's the way he gets Let him on the field. Him. And, yeah. then, uh, and then Malcolm, as he always says, he doesn't get bored that way, and he can go run and do his thing. There Absolutely. So, uh, but last question here is from uh, Grant Crandall at uh, GL Crandall. What would you? Uh, what do you guys? What round do you think the Eagles are, are finally going to pull the trigger on a on a running back? I wouldn't be surprised if it's in the second round. I know everybody's like saying three to five, uh, but it, again, all depends on on where things go. I think they could go as early as the second round. I think if they don't do it in day two, then you're not going to see anything till about fifth round, fourth, fifth round. That's my guess. I think it go, could go at 14. We talked about the guys that could what? be there. I could see them 100. I could see them taking McCaffrey or Cook. I could see it. But if not, I mean, like you mentioned, you know, second round, yeah, Kamara's in play. Um, but if not second round, you know, third round with Jamal Williams, you know. My my guy Joe Williams too. <laughs> Joe, that's right. You know, in the, yeah. in the fourth, a lot of guys fifth, there. You know, so there are guys there to give you explosion. I uh, I still see, and that's what I think that we're we're gonna maybe even circle back to because I I even thought about this for a long time. Is just like we've we've talked about a lot of the same names of fourteen. We've beaten that in the ground, and then all of a sudden somebody's just gonna be there that we were in. So we're, we're all we all been saying for a long time is like they're not gonna take a running back in the first round. They're not gonna take a running back in the first round, and then all of a sudden they do that. Or, like, my other crazy thought was just, like, all of a sudden, and Joe gets a little creative and just is like, yeah, we're going to take Ryan Ramchak <laughs> or something Ooh. like that. Or, see, yeah, let's see, that's where you're just going, like, oh, what did you just do there or whatever. But I could see Ozzy doing that at 16 or 17 or something like that or, you know, trading back and doing something like that where it's just kind of a sneakily thing that we're all not thinking about. Do you think it's that kind of draft where we're all thinking one thing and then all of a sudden – Boom! Here's this. Here's this surprise. I, I think it's going to be one of one of four positions: corner, wide receiver, uh, 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 defensive end, or running back. I think it's going to be one of those four positions, and they're just going to see how that board falls. You know, obviously, corner is a higher need than than defensive end, but at the same time, you know, the way the scales fall as far as players, uh, best player versus position versus and, and versus the others, that, yeah. and I can see them. You know. Doing one of those four, yeah, and and again, like other than other than punter, kicker, quarter quarterback, I think it's there's you can all can make an argument for basically any of them, but I yeah I do agree that uh, they'll probably stick with that. Although I could I I think <laughs> I think it's going to be a very boring first round. How about that? <laughs> I think that there's not going to be any type of fireworks. Not that you shouldn't be excited about whatever happens out of that, but we'll have to see. As listen, gang. Draft party is coming up, and it's uh, and it's we're going to announce something next week that it's going to be very very exclusive and also very fun, and then we'll have a bunch of other different things surrounding that. You just got to hold on for a little bit longer as we're we're crossing the t's and dotting the i's and doing doing a bunch of other stuff. I do want to say though, we are having our first pre-draft party as part of the celebration on April 26th at Delilah's from 9 to 10 I believe we'll be broadcasting there so yeah I know BLG's BLG has never been to a strip club so we're uh we're kind of excited to for him to experience that we obviously and just so everybody knows I know that it's not like the ideal spot for everybody, so we're not trying to force us like, hey, come, come to. Uh, and look, Delilah's is very nice as far as strip clubs go, so I, I'm excited just to kind of <laughs> see that and be in that atmosphere again for a long time. I know it's not for everybody. We will have other stuff after that too. So if you don't really feel comfortable coming and hanging out, we totally understand. We're actually contacting a couple of other different bars that are around the area after the broadcast and after we're done having fun. We're you can meet up with some of the other different guys, and then also we'll we'll be in the same spot as well. We want we want to try and include as many people as we can because I already know there are people out there. Stephen Lee is coming in. Uh, Carrie is coming in from you know Seattle. So there there is a lot of people making the trick trip out to Philadelphia because it's a special Sweet. time being. It's the NFL draft, and That's there's awesome. a lot of crazy things going on. So, and we appreciate everybody's concern about that too because there was some there were some comments, and we did get, did uh, get a couple of emails. 
Uh, again, that's all information from the Eagle After Dark podcast. So if you if you subscribe on the, on the Patreon, you'll know all that stuff. But uh, yeah, we do appreciate it, and we will try and include uh, everybody as as much as possible. So there's a. In fact, you know, uh, we're trying to get into. I don't know if everybody's been over the Twisted Tale. Uh, it's uh, actually one of the, the proprietor over there is, is one of my good friends. It's an awesome bourbon bar, and we think that might be the spot to kind of hang out or somewhere like that, like or uh, uh, somewhere somewhere in Northern Liberties too. You know that might be that might be some fun right after. But uh, that that is uh, that's going to wrap it up for episode two thirty for myself, John Barcher, of course, the lovely the. Uh, although the bow tie is untied, it is still on him, Mr. Teron Davenport. <laughs> bow tie sweat. That's right. We thank you so much for listening to episode number 231, and we will be right back here for 232. Wait, what did I say? 231? Episode 230. <laughs> we'll, the next we'll be, episode. Then we'll be back on the next episode right here on BGNRadio.com and BleedingGreenNation.com. Take them out.